You are now listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. Follow along as the Fanville crew talk about the biggest highlights and stories from the past week in the NHL. It's now time to drop the puck with your host, Tyler Brooks. We are live from Studio 507. This is Fanville 60. I'm your host, Evan Johnson. I'm joined by our co-host, Drew Dolke. How you doing, Drew? Pretty good. It's a bright and beautiful Sunday morning. I'm ready to get into it. Well, we'll get into it. Last week's audio was horrible. Yeah, oh <laughs> We'd like gosh. to apologize. We didn't know that until after the fact. Our producer, Cody. Thank you, Cody, for coming. He uh, came over and tried to fix it. So hopefully this week is a little bit better. But like we said, it's just me and Drew today. No Dakota, no Trevor. But we do have a special guest with us. We're glad to be joined by Breeze, Illinois native, Eric Klosterman. How are you doing, Eric? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. I know you had to sit through the... It felt like we're at an airport and like the plane just <laughs> just kept getting delayed and delayed. It's like, oh, we're going to start and another problem jumps up. And then we're going to start. Oh, you know, we can't do it because of this. So kind of, uh, you know, slow... Uh, Intercourse. I apologize for the two-hour delay. <laughs> Not a problem, but I got to go, so see you later. <laughs> no, All right, well, kidding, that was kidding. Eric for it. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, so last year I uh, coached with Eric on high school, so I'm glad that he uh, he agreed to come on. But, uh, you know, I, I I met you a year ago. How did this whole hockey uh, interest start for you? Uh, so it's really kind of always been there. Uh, my dad, you know, we always watched, you know, watched the games, you know, back when I was younger on a KPLR 11 or I uh, oh, listen to him on uh, <laughs> on the radio. Uh, so man, I just always remember just listening to the games. Uh, so I was always, always love, you know, watching the blues, listening to the blues. And then uh, over time I started getting interested. You know, I, every once in a while my dad would go to a game or something. I didn't really, I'd never gone to a game, but he'd bring home programs. So I'd read through the programs mm-hmm. And then I started seeing things in there about, you know, street articles about playing street hockey. Yeah. So uh, I ended up going out to actually champ sports in the mall. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's an old, that is a very, very old statement. Uh, Picking up a street hockey stick and uh, just playing. And then I say, hey, I want to, I want to be able to skate. So I went out and bought a set of rollerblades and learned how to skate. And we didn't really have ice, you know, close to us. The closest rinks were Granite and Cahokia. Yeah, good uh, hour away. Almost. Yeah, yeah, forty five minutes yeah. to an hour away, uh, but uh, but eventually we go out there for an occasional open skate, uh, but mainly played street hockey and then got into some got into some roller hockey. Uh, so so that, that leads me to to ask, what made you stick with it? Because obviously, you know, it wasn't the most accessible thing at the time. I just I just love doing it. I mean, I, even to this day, like getting like. Getting on the ice, getting out there, just every single time, even if I'm doing it four or five, six days a week, mm. it still just feels great when mm-hmm. you step on the ice for the first time. But I never like had ice available, so. Yeah. But that was that was the drive, right? It's like <laughs> <laughs> to skate on the when ice. I, that's I the goal. On the concrete, it was exactly, ready to go. exactly. But we but just, it's like as soon as you step, it's like that second home, and you just feel like this is right. Exactly, and it's something I I think part of it is because I didn't have the opportunity to play ice hockey when I when I was younger. You know, when I was growing up. That I'm trying to soak it all in mm-hmm. now, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I always wanted to do it, I just never could. And now that I can, you don't, you know, you don't want to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So earlier you mentioned the, you know, listening to blues on the radio and stuff like that. Were you? Did you go to a lot of games, being kind of like an hour away? Or no. And yeah, I mean, we didn't. 
So it's just maybe once every radio. few years. You yeah, know, I, I remember the first game I went to, and that was at the old, you know, at the old arena, yeah. at Checkerdome. Uh, and then and as I got a little bit older, you know, maybe maybe one game a year or so. Uh, but yeah, it was mainly yeah, mainly watching and listening. Yeah, yeah. So that was like um, ninety or like mid nineties, early two thousands. You think any of those teams with all the great players we had would you know win the Stanley Cup? Because like we had some pretty Hall of Fame play like at the same yeah, time very big yeah. names and then it's just kind of weird how in 2019 we just kind of had a ragtag bunch when it yeah i mean when i when i first started listening it was it was like you know Federico yeah and sutter and then but then in kind of the the heyday of when i was really kind of growing up mm-hmm. so to speak it was it was hall and all yeah. it's right so the city was just buzzing with hockey and yeah. it was just hockey time right so which is crazy for a baseball city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it was it was it was huge. So I think I'm I'm kind of part of that boom when it comes to what Hull, you know, what what Hull brought to mm-hmm. to hockey in St. Louis. I'm kind of part of that boom. Yeah. Just from an interest standpoint, not necessarily from playing cuz I didn't get into that till till later obviously. Yeah. So, so when did you, you mentioned that you did a lot of roller hockey, street hockey? When did you actually kind of transition to ice on a more regular basis? So, uh when I was in college, uh my wife, girlfriend at the time, was teaching, and we were out at a bar one night, and uh, with her, uh, with some of her colleagues, and a husband of her colleague was playing ice hockey. Uh, you know, we were up in Champaign, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we were ta- so we started talking hockey, and he's like, "Hey, I play in a rec league. Why don't you come out and play?" And I'm like, "Well, I I can ice skate, but I don't know how to stop. Mm-hmm. Never learned yeah, how to. I can stop yeah. on rollerblades all day yeah. long, but never learned how to stop on ice skates." He's like, "Ah." He's like, don't let that be a hindrance. Just sign up. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, you know, what the heck? So I signed up. But then uh, as a student, we could go to the ice rink for free during yeah. during open skates. Mm-hmm. And there was an open skate during the day, like from like 11 to 1. So between classes, I bring my skates with me and I went started going ice skating. Well, I was there with a buddy of mine and we were trying to figure out how to stop. And somebody came up and said, hey, you're trying to learn how to stop? We're like, Yeah. He's like, here, like, let me show you. How can you. Yeah, tell? how can you tell, right? <laughs> like, As I'm crashing into the boards. <laughs> That's almost like a little almost no, too no, picture I'm perfect. trying to break my neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, so he showed us a few things, and next thing you know, I learned how to stop, and it's like, yeah, I'll sign up. And I started playing in a – there was a no-check over-21 league. Mm-hmm. I was over-21, and I wasn't really willing to check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did in, ro- in roller hockey. Yeah. In roller hockey, that was a totally different story. But on ice, it's like I'm new to this. Yeah, so I don't want to absolutely yeah. destroy I don't wanna, a man. Yeah, exactly, and I don't want to hurt myself either. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so so I just decided, you know, I'll sign up for this league and and try it out. And That's cool. Yeah. So uh, I met you as a coach. So how did you transition from not being able to stop to uh, being <laughs> a, a coach for a, a high school team? So that's yeah, it's kind of a long, it's kind of a it's long a stretch. Right it's there, a big, yeah. there's a big gap. Uh, so yeah, I, actually after college, I, I, I we moved to uh, Detroit, and I, I unfortunately stopped playing. I was looking mm-hmm. into leagues up there. I couldn't find, I couldn't find a low enough league for me. I'm sure they were out there, but I was starting my career. Yeah, you know, so I just, I, I I should have, but I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't stick with it. Uh, and then obviously I had a uh, a son that was interested in you know I kind of pushed him a little bit to try mm-hmm. you know skating, and he got interested in hockey. Uh, so he started as a second year uh, mini essentially. Yeah. So pretty young. Yeah, so we're at the rink. You were at the rink a couple days a week with all learn to skate for a year. You know, learn to skate and learn to play for like a year. And then finally got signed up with the Ice Hawks yeah. and uh, going to, you know, you're sitting at practice watching and it's like, hey, you got a lot of kids to wrangle. Do you want help? Yeah. 
yeah, sure. You know, so of course, Coach Gus is yeah, you know the you, the master of the uh, the, of, of the minis. Nice guy. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So I just volunteered to to start helping coach, and right off the bat, I loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just absolutely just absolutely a, a blast. Did you did you find it difficult? Because I know some people are really good at like explaining the game. And all, did you find it difficult to do that, or was it kind of easy just kind of to transition from player mindset to like coaching mindset? Because that is kind of a different game that like most people don't think about. I think for my aspect, because I wasn't like I played, but I didn't play. I wasn't trained how to play, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't kinda learn any plays or anything. I just learned how to skate. I learned how to shoot, you know, kind of, and. I just learned how to play the game. I didn't really learn the team, the team aspect, because I was playing pickup hockey basically. Mm-hmm. So we weren't, you know, doing any type of team, yeah. any no team drill. game. The, the exactly. Never, never went to up. hockey practice yeah. in my life. Never did any of that. Uh, so for me, it was really kind of more learning from what I saw from other people, from what other coaches. You know, what drills they ran. Obviously, you know, everybody bashes on the USA Hockey, you know, training and everything <laughs> there. But there's a lot it's of helpful, stuff there. Yeah. If you actually pay attention and listen to that, and actually want to absorb things and want to learn. Yeah. There's a lot of good information. Yeah, you got to put your ego to the to the side there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because like for me, like I do the USA Hockey coaching too, but I'm looking at it from a goalie perspective. So like when they're doing like the player stuff, I might never thought of that because mm-hmm. I've never had to, you know, when because I'm not. Because yeah, you're like, not used to dealing yeah. with outskaters. You're used to goaltenders and how they are supposed to operate. Yeah. Yeah. So then over time, you you, you do a lot by observation, and and I kind of joke too, and it's but it's also serious. You just got to stay one step ahead of the kids you're coaching. Mm-hmm. So going through and starting at mini, yeah. you're not coaching team strategies at mini. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, actually, I'm learning the exact same I thing. want you, you to be it. able to get up on your own. That's exactly, exactly, exactly. Hold the stick properly. Hold the stick properly. Yeah, get around, yeah. be able to get up You know, when you fall so the coach doesn't mm-hmm. have to pick you up or the referee. I wasn't going to say tie your skates, but that didn't happen. <laughs> no, I mean, we were literally <laughs> tying. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're tying skates. We're helping with everything. So... So, you know, you, as long as you stay one step ahead of the kids, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's all you need to do. So, so I actually learned the game a lot by doing, by that. doing that. that. That's what a lot of people say yeah. for almost anything. Like the best way to learn is to try and teach it to someone else. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, fu- it is funny because then when you get into, when you go play a, a game, mm-hmm. then I'm constantly thinking to myself, it's like, oh, I just did something that I told my kids not to do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this is a <laughs> I got into the same trap. But uh, speaking. I do the same thing, dude. Like I'll tell our goalies for high school something. And then when I play, I let a goal, and it's like, God, that, I just literally talked to that one dude about that yesterday. <laughs> and <laughs> here I am doing, doing it. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of teaching, what, what has coaching taught you that you didn't expect it to? A lot of it's around, around leadership and it's in, in somewhat accountability, too. Because to me, like a good leader is accountable for, uh, for their team, for their group, you know, for anything like that. So you can't just say, oh, my kids messed this up, you know, it's like, well, that's really back on the leader. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't prepare them properly. You didn't teach them properly. So kind of everything comes back to, to the leadership and, and that's where kind of accountability goes. And that actually translates into, into career as well. So, you know, when you're working in, in an office job or, or any type of yeah, job, really, uh, that actually translates directly. It's very, very, very close. And I think that's why I kind of continue that's why I enjoy it, and that's why I kind of continue to, to do it, you know, and to continue to coach, uh, because it is good. It's it's good practice for for everything. It's good practice for life, you know, mm-hmm. and just in general. Did you ever like see yourself as someone like from your personality, like from your like own perspective of it? Did you ever see yourself being in that leadership role where like kids like looked up to you, 
or like you know tried to learn or, or maybe not even hockey related things like when they ask you like life questions or stuff like that like i know with the high schoolers they're older and they're going through you know different life things than like you know five-year-olds but mm-hmm. you know did you ever expect yourself to be in that like from your personality uh it, it was never out of the question it never really crossed my mind but it wasn't completely out of the question either uh Fun fact, before I uh, chose my current career path, I actually studied elementary education for two years, no, or a year and a half, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, I've always, I mean, I've always enjoyed working with kids, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't bother me. You know, I come from a family that there's always kids around, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, uh, so yeah, so even though I never really thought about it directly, mm-hmm. I think there were, it was always there, right? Yeah, it was in the back. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. So, exactly. So on the flip side of that, what are some things the kids have taught you? When they're younger, they take things very literal. Very you mentioned literal. you mentioned kids, you know, picking up kids off the ice, yeah. right? So I remember uh, a game where a kid fall down, and sometimes you know, I think then they were probably maybe seven and eight. Mm-hmm. It was probably eight. You and the kid would take forever to get up. So we're yelling at the kid, "Get off the ice! Get off the ice!" And he jumps up, skates over to the bench. And it's like, oh. We just meant. I thought you were going to say we just the ice. Like, yes, left the. So they, rink. They, well, just about. If he <laughs> yeah. could have opened the door, yeah. he, he was actually on the far side of the rink yeah. too. So he oh. probably could have done. He's that. like, all right, well, that's my ticket home. But kids take things literal, you know, yeah. literal. So, so definitely <laughs> get up off yeah. the ice. <laughs> Don't lay down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So definitely, you know, how kids think, how kids, you know, and, and that's kind of what a lot of coaching goes into. It's it's learning how your players learn. And it's different. Every year is different. Every every group is different. Every kid's different. And I think that's why it continues to be interesting is because you're always adapting. And you always have to adapt to the players that you have, not necessarily the players that you want. Not saying I don't want the players. Yeah. Uh, you have different personalities. But you have different personalities. Yep. Like that, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was the hardest thing for me was, like, obviously when I try to teach myself something, like self-taught or something like that, I know what I learn from. When you teach others like they might be like someone who needs to see it physically. They might need to see like a drawing of it mm-hmm. or like stuff like that. And then going off like the egos and stuff like that. Like some kids just in their head think that they're you know Wayne Gretzky and they don't need coaching and all that. But then like you see that they have you know things that they need to work on. But then they just don't. So it's kind of like work that in slowly mm-hmm. and get that in their head mm-hmm. that they need to work on something specific. Uh, what are some things that you try to teach the kids that like aren't hockey related? Though that's what I'm interested in. I think it's actually very similar to coaching. It's kind of the leadership mm-hmm. and integrity. Uh, so, so I really pay attention to you know how the kids act off the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't want them to you know act crazy. You know, when mm-hmm. when we're at a rink waiting for a game to start or acting acting crazy in the locker room, things like that. Or the hotel. Or or <laughs> or the hotel if you're on a yeah, if you're on a, a if you're trip. on a tournament okay, don't, trip. You don't gotta call me out like that, okay? <laughs> He's a good hotel guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's 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 really yeah, it's really building that maturity. It's it's kind of turning them into into adults. I think it's it's not quite a parenting role, but it's very similar. It's just a different aspect of it mm-hmm. where, you know, even with the game, it's not like you said, it's not just about what it's what's on the ice it's how you act off the ice too and it's working as a team but also working as an individual as well mm-hmm. so speaking of off the ice uh you work for the board of directors for the ice hawks or southern Illinois ice hawks uh what what were some of the challenges that came up with that he's like well let me get my list out <laughs> yeah. he's I like here's name, my here's my I can't name names. here's here's my here's my complaint, here's my complaint my name sheet. On them. <laughs> the number one thing that comes to mind is 
you can't make everybody happy. Actually, you yeah. can't make anybody happy. Yeah. Uh, so no matter what you do, you know, we always say 50% of the people are going to be happy. 50% are going to be angry. And you just have to learn. You're like, there's a lot of angry people. You have to learn to do what's best. Yeah. And perfect. sometimes you make mistakes. And, you know, we've made mistakes. And uh, sometimes you just have to move forward and say, this is what we think is best for the club mm-hmm. and best for the players. You always try to keep the players in mind. You have to mm-hmm. keep the club going as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And obviously with rink yeah. issues that we've had in the past, it was issues. difficult to keep the club going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's been there's always difficult decisions to make. Uh, but you have to separate yourself from that. You mm-hmm. have to just say, look, we're making the decision. This is what we think is best for the club. This is what we think is best for the kids. And if it makes some people angry, so be it. Because mm-hmm. that was that was one thing for me is, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, first, you know, like recognize like, oh, you know, this is all going on with the parents, too. And then, you know, you start to get a little older and you start listening to your parents more and more. And they're like, oh, I can't believe so and so was doing this and that. And you just like <laughs> all the time. It was, you're right. No one's ever. Like, you can't make everyone happy because everyone always has something that they either have to say or feel like they need to say. Correct. And, it, and it's, it's kind of like anything. It's, it's, it's not all the parents. It's usually a few that are the loudest. Mm-hmm. You know, so even, even saying 50% is kind of a stretch. It's, it's mm-hmm. more like 90% are perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But the 10% that aren't, they're so they're loud. Really it loud. Just kinda, yeah. They're it really loud. Like it feels like 100%. <laughs> exactly. You're like, everyone exactly. hates me, but this one guy keeps texting me. But, <laughs> but the more you're in it, the less you, you the, yeah. I hate to say the less I care, but the but, more but you're almost, able to filter it, the more you're able to filter it. And, and, and you've seen it all. Like, mm-hmm. so I've, I've gone through six, U, eight, U, 10, U, 12, U, the drama, yeah. yeah, the drama at eight, U is just unreal sometimes. And then you get to 14, U or high school. It's like, none of that matters. Like you listen back to it and you just want to laugh at, yeah. at people that are complaining about, uh, you know, if they're on the red team or the white team on at eight, U, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, is, isn't the idea hockey? around that happy? time is just to get them to play hockey? <laughs> exactly. Well, you, ha- exactly. You, re- you have to realize this is their first step to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've ruined a lot of NHL careers in my, yeah, in my time. That's why, <laughs> yeah, that's why the Blues are doing so bad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that right now. So uh, what kind of got you into the board? Because as we've gone through and kind of talked about your life through the hockey lens, you started off playing street hockey, uh, listening to Blues on the radio, stuff like that to transitioning to the ice, to coaching, to where you kind of went from, you know, the bottom to the top. How did you end up on the board? So I wouldn't say it was by accident, but basically, you know, as I was coaching, I think it was 8U, uh, you you know, the coaches get together. At the time, the coaches would get together, and you kind of decide out the teams. And at the time, I was coaching the blue team. Uh, but there was always drama for mm-hmm. who's on the, who's blue on the red the team. team. Yeah. Well, blue well, the, well, the blue team's team. usually the, 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 the lower-skilled yeah. team. Uh, but there's always drama for who's on the red team, right? right. And uh, so we, you know, so we'd have meetings, and and I think just because I had a little, eh, a little bit of voice of sanity, although uh, people that know me would probably laugh at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I, since I had some sanity, yeah. you know, people would start coming to me. Hey, Eric, what do you think? Can you help us out? Can you help us decide this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then the uh, as that kind of went on, you know, the people on the board, especially you know the president at the time. He started talking to me more, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, why don't you start coming to board meetings? Hey, would you be interested in helping? You know, with uh, like coaching director, mm-hmm. right?" Uh, so I actually started out. I wasn't on the board yet, but I was basically the director of coaching, uh, just to organize to make sure people were doing their safe sport, their other online modules, all the training and everything. 
Uh, so I kind of started out small with, hey, can you help out just with the coaching side of things to make sure people are kind of following the rules and everybody's got everything together. And then it was, hey, why don't you run for the board? And it just kind of, it just, it just kind of, it just kind of spiraled yeah. from there. Yeah. 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 Cause I know you said like red team, blue team. I remember around me and well, Evan's age, it was, it was gold, silver or A and B. And we had house. Well, we had our age group had so many kids. We had house one, house two, house travel, silver, gold, double A is what we had. Cause I think, I think we ended up usually around double silver, a. gold. Well, at the end, yeah, at the beginning, at the beginning, sub, yeah, obviously and we ended at double A yeah. progression, progression. <laughs> you know, we actually do stuff. And then we had that once you got to when I was when I was involved back back then it was at ten U. Then it had the silver gold mm, yeah. BA everything. Well, it's yeah. like what's crazy for me, like like when you speak of like the different age groups, you say like eight U, ten U, twelve U. That to me is weird because we never referred to it that way. It was always just mini might. It was mini might. Yep. Yeah, Phantom, Pee Wee, and it was just you're either first or second year, and that's how old. That's yeah. how we knew how old you were. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like yeah, I'm a second year peewee. It's like oh, yeah, he's you know, see, but he, hearing the the ten u yeah, twelve u so much more sense. infinitely it's better, yeah. infinitely better. Yeah. But that was something that I've kind of trained myself on too, because even when I started, it was the band. It was still squirt. mini, you know, mini might uh, might yeah. squirt peewee yeah. bantam, right? And like, but I they were still refer to it as that as yeah. well. Yeah, and and then so USA yeah. Hockey was kind of preaching. Hey, let's start Don't calling it eight U, six U. So I go back and forth a lot. I still I still say bantam. You know, I still say bantam a lot. But I'm trying to kind of force myself into that because yeah. that was when I started. They were transitioning into the, you know, the the ADM model. You know, that was a, an interesting thing because I go to yeah. these trainings and they're like, "Oh, it's not how we used to do it. It's ADM." And you know, I know a lot of people are upset, and I'm like, "It makes sense to me." Yeah, <laughs> but sense. I never yeah. saw the old way of doing it, so yeah. it's like, yeah. "You're like, I don't know what's happening." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll just exactly. go with whatever you say, man. I'm just here on the Zoom call. Or exactly. the, uh, like Back the then, it was in person. Yeah, the in person ones are. Way and we better, actually but. we did an on ice uh, session. My, never, my level one was that, on ice. That sounds yeah, actually We've really never nice. done that because, like, so, like, I went to Bloomington for my level mm-hmm. one, and then level two and level three were both COVID related <laughs> years. So, so you just I sit there. We just did the Zoom like, call. I do the thing I did like about the Zoom call, and you could probably attest to this, is that when you're on the Zoom call, it's not just people from your area. So we got like insight from like the kids that play in Boston, the kids mm-hmm. that play like there was a guy from Arizona that was on there. So you kind of got well a lot of uh, different views of how they interpret the game and what they think. Is like in different my styles. Call, I just remember in my call there was a Boston guy and he had like that strong like Boston accent and stuff like that, and he was telling like you know, he was talking that like you know for his twelve U team is like the top team for their club in that age group. And what we were talking about was like drills to incorporate like all skill levels. Even like just even though teams are like you know like this is a double A team, they're still the best player and they're still the worst player. So you want the worst player to like get to the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like try to like grow to still everybody. be able within that. You know, like area. by the time the year's done, he might still be the worst player, but he grew from day one to day 365 mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like he was talking like well, like winning this and winning that and it's like well it's not all about winning and he's like well i'm double a it's like it doesn't you know doesn't, like, you're, yeah, you're, the you're, fundamental you're trying to get them there. Th- you know to the next you know level so i just thought that was interesting from like that standpoint versus or the zoom versus in person because then you got to see like everybody's kind of reaction to it yeah i think i did my level four was through chicago 
Yeah. So all my level, yeah, up to up to then it was all in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I did my level four. It was through Chicago on Zoom, and it was interesting. The breakout group was a little less than stellar because uh, <laughs> yeah, the, no one wants to talk. Well, the one guy just didn't want to be there. Uh, but it was good. I mean, overall, it was it was mm-hmm. good. And I think yeah. yeah, to your point, having different points of view. I mean, you, you kind of get stuck in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to to hear other other cities, even though it's not that far away, yeah. uh, it's still different. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned earlier that you, that you coached with me uh, for the one year. It was last year for the high school team, and we ended up winning the championship. From uh, your perspective, how was that experience uh, coaching high school? You you coached your, your son as well on that team, and then uh, eventually going all the way with a, with another coach you you know coached with the Ice Hawks with. Yeah, it was it was a good experience. I mean, it was it was uh, it was nice to win a championship. We had been very close before. Uh, we lost a, a twelve U championship. We had seven brand new kids, uh, and we actually got first for the season. Mm-hmm. And then we lost in overtime in the championship mm-hmm. game. So we were so close. Uh, so it, it was nice to you know to kind of you know to bring finish one home one for a change. Yeah, to actually to actually finish one off and uh, and uh, and and win. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, I, I knew a lot of the kids already, so it's definitely, yeah. it's enjoyable. Some of those kids, uh, you know, I coached from the time they started yeah. and, uh, so it's really enjoyable to, uh, to see how they've progressed over time and, and, and to win that. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, coaching with you for the first time, yeah. that was a, that was a good experience. He's like, he's got, he's got a decent shot on him, but the yeah. goalies he's too trimming is horrible. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> No, we had a lot of. I mean, we had a lot of fun at practice. We had a yeah. lot of fun at, at the games, and then uh, I had coached with uh, with Coach Mock for mm-hmm. for a long time. So it was, I don't, that was only my second opportunity to coach on the same team with him. You know, mm-hmm. we've been in the in the same clubs together. Uh, you know, played rec league together. Yeah, he's like we've been rivals ever since. That yeah, day. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, to actually to actually yeah. you know to coach with him is always uh, is always a treat as well. Smart so man. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. and he, he, he's someone that I that you you can learn a lot from both playing and and from a coaching mm-hmm. perspective. Because yeah. he was he was my first uh, men's league like captain, so getting that and the the way he like broke things down it's like not like how it was in high school at all. Very different. Uh, a lot of changes that you have to go through in order to you know go from you know oh where you're expecting to get blown up after every hit or you're expecting like okay you know be very physical it's not like that at yeah, all. high school's different <laughs> it's very <laughs> different <laughs> yeah. i guess uh, thought it was funny speaking of chris when uh like one of the very first games we were losing and the timeout he didn't want to take the timeout and he kept trying to take the time i was like no no what are you doing i was like what in the world are you doing and i explained to him like the time like the whole timeout situation from like a defensive like goalie standpoint, he's like that makes so much more sense. <laughs> so then I was just in charge of the timeout the whole rest of the season. It's like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it was just kind of funny. I do it for like our beer league. I yeah. do it for them too. Yeah. I'm like, no one call a timeout unless I call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the only times I think I've called a timeout is whenever it would get like really heated, where it's like people would start like physically yeah. shoving and like almost throwing punches at each other. It's like, all right, we'll take a timeout. Everyone kind of back off for a second i'll tell you a story of how much i look into the stats <laughs> so our league it's three points for a win one for a tie obviously zero for a loss so we were out of a playoff spot by like two points okay or yeah, yeah it was two, two points. points so if we tied it didn't do us any good so, so we, we had to win the win so it's like 45 seconds left. The game's like tied 3-3 three, three or 4-4, four, four, something like that. 3-3. Three, three. This knucklehead has the puck behind the net trying to set out a breakout pass. 
I'm like, can you ice the puck or like shoot it out of play so we can get a whistle so we can take a timeout? Because I was going to pull myself in a tie game because we needed you to, had win. to win. Are you yeah. sure that was me back there? Yes, because I yelled at you. And then he's back there stick handling the puck. I was like, can you ice it? <laughs> and he's like, he's like looking at the clock. I was like, we're running out of time. Yeah. And then it's it funny because he actually just shot out of play <laughs> yeah. on accident. And then I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so we pulled the goalie or pulled myself, and then the other team's looking at us like, "What in the hell are these guys doing?" <laughs> because we're down, or it's a tie we, game. We have to yeah, win. We have I've to win. So it's like, I was like, I've never done that before. It's happened in the NHL like twice, mm-hmm. and I, I was sitting there thinking about it. Like it's the middle of the third period. We had pressure on there, and so I'm like sitting here like thinking about. It. I was like, so if we had like 15 points, and they had, and I was like doing the math in my head. I go, we have to win the game. And then I was like, there was like 4.40 left on the clock. I was like, okay, so I'm pulling myself, basically. I had a tie game. And then it ended up as a tie, of course. No, so I think missed, they won. We missed playoffs. No, because they didn't score the empty net. Oh, they did score on the empty net. Mm-hmm. No, because, yeah, we ended it in a tie, and we missed playoffs by a point. <laughs> it's like, what a weird <laughs> yeah. situation. And then going to the handshake line, they're like, you know it was a tie game, right? Yes. That's yes, why we, we were aware. <laughs> It's well, like, but our situation was it didn't matter needed, if it was a tie or not. Win, yeah, because they were already in playoffs. They were first or second or something like that. So it's like we, our perspective, we needed the three, not two or one or whatever <laughs> the breakdown was for points. It's it's funny you mentioned that because I so usually if well I'm so I'm a head coach again this year. So I, I starting I think at twelve U I started learning. Okay, at the beginning of the year, I have a coaches meeting with the parents. Mm-hmm. And I typed up a, a list of kind of team rules, you know, what time you got to be there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then this year I kind of added some strategy on there as well, mm-hmm. like just explaining like when I would use a timeout, when I would pull a goalie. And I actually mentioned on there, you know, if it's at the end, I won't pull a goalie for a tie game just to get the win unless it's at the end of the season yeah, and we, we have to win in order to get yeah. a certain place. Yeah. Like then I'll do it. But I actually called that one out on my sheet because it is a situation yeah. that pops but up. It doesn't happen a and, lot. And, yeah, yeah and, and people will wonder, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is why I did it. Because yeah. I, I remember we had one of our players, his his dad went to watch that game and he came up to me and like, why did you guys pull the goalie? You guys stupid or something? <laughs> literally, it's just like, what what are you doing, you idiots? And it's like, well, we needed a win because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten in. Yeah. But like the only way you would have known that is if, if you, you paid attention to how it works, which yeah. is like that's what I like about it. Like one of the things I like about Chris, like not being like in like not in the head coach realm of it, is that he takes his own stats that he knows everything. Like this year, I have Google Sheets of all the of all the things, and then I even have it even broken down to like the sums and averages of all the things. So I know how many goals we get per game, how many assists we get per game, how many penalties we take per game, and like all this other stuff, all the goalie statistics, stuff like that. I told the goalies, I was like, you know what, I'm keeping some advanced analytics on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and his stats last year were super accurate, except yeah. when Evan and I were there by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, the pl- I will tell you what, the plus minus is the hardest thing to keep track of because like when they score, you know, they do the little flyby on the bank. And then it's like, okay, whose number? Like right now, it's difficult because the jerseys don't match their, because the jerseys haven't come in yet. So we have jersey numbers that don't match what their real numbers are. So I'm like, 53. We don't have a 53. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, who is that kid? And then I have to like wait till I see his face, you know, or something. 
And then by that time, they're changing. It's like, who in the hell was on the ice for the thing? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're asking people, like, who passed it to you? And then they're like, oh, that guy passed it to me. And then, like, who passed it to you? Like, I don't know. It's and like, by that time, you don't know how goal. you got the puck five minutes ago or five seconds ago. That's uh, been the biggest challenge this year. So this is my first year coaching without a, without a kid on the team. Mm-hmm. And every other year, I, I knew, like, 75 80% of the kids because yeah. I would coach them at some point. If you'd see them during Learn to Play, yeah, I may have taught them how to skate for, the, for that matter. Uh, but this year, I think there's maybe two kids that I know on the yeah. entire team. So I have a little cheat sheet. It's two-sided. Yeah. One has their practice jersey number. One has their game jersey <laughs> number. <laughs> and I've laminated it. So it can't I, be I the kept same. it in my pocket. Yeah, because yeah, it's not the same. Uh, I, I know them now, but the first few declaration mm-hmm. games we've played, it's like, like I don't know who that like, kid I, is. I don't know who that, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I was telling, I was staring at one of the kids in the locker room, like like giving out their positions. And I'm like, well, hey, are you okay with, with playing this position? And he's like, I'm no. not who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> it was the wrong name. <laughs> I, I am the wrong country. name. What? It's like, oh, sorry, sorry. No, yeah, weird. we need you to score like 30 goals this year. I play goalie. Yeah. I don't know how you expect Well, have you seen Patrick Buck? <laughs> Just walk Gretzky. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. So I know them all now, though. I've got them all memorized, so I don't yeah. have to carry my cheat sheet anymore. Fingers crossed. So the, was, the plus minus is a little easier now. I thought it was funny, though. Like last year when you were with me uh, coaching, like you and Chris knew those guys already. Like Chris, like before, like when we did our little coaches meeting, he's like, "Well, this guy's really good at this," and I was like, "How do you even know this?" <laughs> like <laughs> he's, he's been here for a week, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like I was like out of the loop. Now this year, since I'm the only JV coach that has come back, it's kind of weird <laughs> because like I'm telling our coaches, I was like, "Yeah, he's pretty good at defense," <laughs> but like he actually plays offense. But then last year, if he didn't have enough defense, there's a penalty. Then he would play defense, and he actually ended up being the best defender. It's like that kind of <laughs> like all this like stuff you have to be here to know kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting th- how last year to this year is kind of how changed. it's different yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's but that's something you have to do even as a coach though is relying on your assistants to mm-hmm. to know those things. You know, I the guys I'm coaching with now, uh, they've all coached the other kids before, yeah. so, so they, know, so they yeah. yeah, so they know them. Someone's so. got to know exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so last question here for you. We ask this to everybody. All right, what are some life lessons that this sport has taught you? People are crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's a good one. It's okay, good one. see you. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And mic drop. <laughs> I, I think it comes back to to what it, you know what we said earlier when, when asked you know what, what coaching is teaching, what the kids have taught you. And in general, it's it's you know kind of the leadership and, and accountability, and that translates over into you know into everything. I do the same thing at my job. You know, I, I I lead a team at my you know as part of my career, and uh, I kind of view them as my my mm-hmm. my He's team. Like, I don't like know it's their my team, either. right? <laughs> uh, I, I keep track of their stats and yeah. their plus minus and everything. No, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> He's like, this guy's only played in three games this yeah. year. Yeah, your fantasy we points are dwindling. I need <laughs> you to pick it up. But there's a lot. But there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap. There are a lot of similarities. It's about you know trying to you know build people up, and you, just like you're building up mm-hmm. your players, you're building other people up. Uh, so it's really, I, I say that's really the biggest life lesson is is just learning what it means to be a leader and what what it is. It's not just about being in charge and saying you're doing it my way or else. Mm-hmm. It's more about figuring out how to get the best out of every person. And no different than coaching, you're trying to get the best out of every player. Some players are going to be you know, better than others. It just happens, but everybody's got their best. So give me the best for what you do. It's like when you're giving out, you know, the, the three stars, yeah. the, you know, the, the game player puck the at the game, end of the, yeah. yeah, at the end of the game, I always tell the kids, it's not going to the best player. It's going to the player 
who, who plays the best for for what they're what yeah. they can do for who, the team. Who, who yeah. literally did the best that they possibly could. Exactly. Have. So like exactly. last last week when uh, Evan was out of town, uh, we had Garrett Warner sub in for us, and we, we were all like, "All right, yeah, it's going to Garrett because he stepped in to play for us." Yeah, and they six shots against. Uh, it was nine. Okay, with three. No, period. no, 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 no. Everyone in the group chat said six. It's nine. Yeah, rumor, rumor has it the team really stepped up. Yeah, I don't oh, know. We, we, when we I'm did. in that, it's like 60, 80 shots <laughs> against. When these knuckleheads don't have me, it's like, ah, well, Evan's not Single here. Digits. We'll make it easy on him. It's like, <laughs> I guess they're trying to tell Manny to lose weight or something. Maybe that's <laughs> well, that that's also unfortunately the house team. They wanted to make sure you were in the game. Yeah. <laughs> they're like actually well, probably Evan's still not give really good stats. unless he gets 170 puck <laughs> touches today. <Yeah. laughs> like the thing is though is with that league they'll probably still give you the stats. Yes, they will. I do have a shutout on my record now. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> I should have had one the week before, but I don't know Austin Matthews slash Jamie Ben was around the corner. <laughs> Alrighty, well we we appreciate you uh, coming on, Eric, and you know spending while well, the audio is only 35 minutes, but you were here for like three hours <laughs> because of the continued uh, audio problems that we're having. But uh, we appreciate you know, coming out and joining and sharing uh, your stories and all that. We wish you the best on the year and uh, you know, whatever you do next. All right. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me out. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Eric for coming on and being a part of uh, episode 60. But for now, we're going to move on to some of the NHL topics that we have for this week. We have a couple this week. Some of them are kind of quick. Some of them are maybe a little bit more uh, in-depth than we might talk about. But we're going to start off with... Some overreactions. So we are, you know, roughly getting to a month here of the NHL season. Most teams have played, I don't know, looks like 8 to like 12 games is kind of like the spread that we're kind of seeing. So these are kind of some hot topics of uh, things around the league that that we'd like to kind of talk about. So number one, Vancouver, we talked about last week or two weeks ago since we you know missed for Halloween. Horrible start. We talked about it. They were like, oh, five and two or something along those lines. Uh, the overreaction is, will Vancouver finish in the top or the, sorry, bottom five this year in the league? What are you thinking about, you know, how that could possibly work out for Vancouver? Here recently, they have a couple wins. You know, they've, they're starting to move up a little bit, acting like a real team. Uh, what do you think, Drew? I don't, I don't think Vancouver finishes bottom five. I think, I think they push enough to maybe get, like bottom eight, bottom ten mm-hmm. team, but I. That's also just because you know I. I feel like the slow start is really going to kick them. I mean, I mean, we we literally talked about this last week or two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. I'm confused, but it's like like we all, we also looked at you know their lines. Like this team is not a team that should, should be struggling. Like yeah, they should are. be struggling. I mean, Hog or Hoaglander, Horvat, Miller, top line, second line. You know, you always have Pedersen on there. Third line, you have Tanner Pearson, Garland are kind of, you know, some some names that people would know. I mean, fourth line really isn't, you know, names that anyone knows. I mean, they're just normal third, fourth liners. I mean, defense, they, they've recently got some of these guys back from injuries, so that was kind of part of the problem of their little slump here. But, I mean, f- defensively, I know some of these guys are on the older side. And well, a, still a, a good lot team, of them man. are very injury prone. But I mean, Quinn Hughes is one of the best defensemen in the league. Uh, I mean, OEL, I mean, he's been 
he knows know. what he's doing. Yeah, he's been really good, but he's had a lot of like defensive like blemishes and all that. They just got Ethan Bear in a trade. Luke Shen. That know. Ethan Bear was a good pick. Luke Shen isn't a good like he is a good defenseman in but the sense in of like playing defense. But you know, he has those two Stanley Cups with with uh the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tyler Myers, big body. You know, it just, it just seems like it's kind of a weird you know, mm-hmm. like how, why they're not, you know, getting this done. I mean, and they have Thatcher Demko and then their backup Spencer Martin, who have both played pretty good. It's not their problem, you know, that they're losing. I mean, when you look at their injuries, I mean, best <coughs> Brock Besser, Lazar, Giuseppe, Dermot, and Pullman. I mean, Besser, and I'll give you Dermot, like Dermot's kind of a bigger one. But, I mean, all on the IR. Yeah. They, I mean, they have five guys on the IR already, and it's only a month in. So, I mean, I don't think they'll finish in the bottom five. I, I think they could possibly push for a playoff spot. The problem is, is that, like, the first month, like, I saw a statistic. If you're not in playoffs after the first month goes by, there's, like, a 15% chance you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like, I know you can't make playoffs in the first month, but you can for sure take yourself out, out of playoffs, playoffs in the, in first, the month. first month. I agree. What's your first one? Uh, Buffalo, do they push for a playoff spot? I don't know. They've had, they, you know, we just talked about it, you know, first month being, uh, you know, big, you know, in how people make plays. You can't make it, but you can't not make it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, Buffalo this year, very hot start. If it, Honestly, it seems, yeah, it seems right? like they're always having a good start. You know, they're, they're literally seven and five, which is, you know, Respectable. right around 500. But, like, when you watch the games, they seem like a well put together team. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different team than it was like two years ago. Like, at the very end of last year, you could start kind of see that Buffalo was starting to put things together after they got Tuck and Paint Krebs from Vegas. Yeah, you let go of Eichel. Yeah, they started kind of putting things together. And it seems like, like they could be a team. To, to start pushing here, uh, another team that I'd, I'd look at that I think has made big moves this year would be the Detroit Red Wings. They've kind of surprised me too, but that's not what we're talking about. But I guess thought I'd kind of loop them in because they kind of fall in the same category as you know pushing for a playoff spot, that, a team that didn't last year. Because the thing with Buffalo is Buffalo's been Buffalo. You know, they always start off pretty well, and people are like, this is going to be the year. We're going to make playoffs this year. Yeah. And they don't. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to rule them in as like, yes, this is the year. But it's, I can, I can definitely see it this year better than some of the other years. No, and I mean that's kind of all you need is like a hot start. Buffalo normally has either a a good start or b a winning streak somewhere mm-hmm. in there. They've kind of been doing that for the last couple of years. The things you got to avoid. <laughs> I mean, a couple of years ago, they had a 16-game losing streak. Like, you, you can't, you can't like have that. those. You can't have that in there. That's just, it's not going to work for you. And it's just, it doesn't help, you know, the in the long run when you gain all these points. You're up points on all these teams. Everyone right now is pretty close because, you know, there's not that many points to go around at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden, we go from, you know, like eight to 12 games to now you're at like 60 and all that. Now there's a ton of points everywhere. You're playing more teams out of your division. You know, 
multiple teams are getting multiple points in your division on a, on a, on a daily basis. You just got to keep up with pace. If they can do that, I think they can easily be sniffing around a playoff spot by the time it's uh, all said and done. Next one I got, uh, will Carter Hart be considered for the Vesna? So we'll say like top five in voting. Okay, so there's 32 teams, 64 goalies. You know, obviously there's more than that. So I was thinking like top three is what I thought you were going with there for Vesna. Because nah, usually that's Well, those what are it, the finalists. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to consider them a finalist. We'll guess as of now, we'll say just like top five goalie in the league at this moment. We'll take the Vesna part out of it. So you take all biasy of mm-hmm. the last last years, you know, and years and all that. Just this year alone. So goals against average, he has a one point nine seven. Save percentage is point nine four six. How we feel? How we feeling about uh, good old Carter Hart here? You know, right now, I this this is feeling what everyone thought Carter Hart was going to be when he first came in. Yeah, yeah, he should have. And it's it's the way he should have been playing. You know, say say what you will about the reasons why it didn't work out that way. I think right now Carter Hart is a top five goaltender. I mean, he's twenty four years old, still has tons of room to grow. He came in the league pretty early for goaltending. This year, he's played in eight games and he's six zero and two. And when you lose in overtime, those are your only losses. That yeah, that's good. It's really good. Something that does concern me, though, like looking at his career stats, I know this has nothing to do with this year, and I know we literally just said we're not going to bring throw it, it all out. Yeah, they throw it all away. He only has three shutouts mm-hmm. in his career. And wasn't that during the, the first year where all three of them? And he's played five years, and he literally – no, look, he has one oh. shutout in 20. He has one shutout in 21. He has one shutout in 22. That's actually kind of nuts. I did not know that. Huh. But like you like <clears throat> Philadelphia for the longest time has been one of those teams that's either in a good spot to win a championship, like when Giroux and you Board know that, that whole group came through with like Simmons and stuff like that. Yeah. And then ever since then they've kind of been in like this rebuild, but they don't want to tell anybody that they're in this hey, rebuild. Not not rebuild, but like retooling. Yeah, but it's like, well that's what everyone like. says now. No one wants to say rebuild because it freaks everybody out. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's just kinda they're in this weird little rut, and like with Tortorella coming in, he was staying at the locker room tour and stuff like that. There is zero identity. There is zero, zero talent. talent. <laughs> so, well, yeah, the goalie only has three shutouts. So, yeah. but uh, it's just kind of a weird, weird thing of like how they how they've been operating the last couple of years. So to see them play good this year, I'm not surprised because once again, like we talked with Vancouver, they have decent pieces on the team. They're just not you know, fulfilling what they should be, you know, on the ice. Like, Konechny, Hayes, Owen Tippett, pretty good first line. I mean, Tippett was a piece that they got from the Giroux trade. Wade Allison, he's been kind of a fourth liner, but he's playing on the second line. Joe Farabee's up there. And they have decent pieces. I mean, if you... Their their main thing is their back end's, like, very well put together. In yeah, my like, like, I mean, yeah, if they play to their potential... Yeah, is what I'm saying. It's like Provorov, D'Angelo, and like Justin Braun, Sanheim. Sealer's kind of been a good little sneaky one that I've kind of I've seen recently play pretty good. Sanheim's a good one, but like you know, Carter Hart is should be the best player on the team on an in and out basis if you pay attention to like international stuff like the World Juniors and all that. He was dynamic. And the thing that surprises me is that 
Philadelphia has more people on the IR than Vancouver does. But this is, I think, where the most problems lie. They have Ellis, Kachur, Van Riemsdyk, Atkinson, and Brown all on IR. Yeah. And then they also have Bobby Brink. I've so, never heard of him. <laughs> I mean, they have six guys on IR, and one of them is just out for the season. Yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things where... And yet they're finding ways to win games. Yeah, but imagine what they'd be doing... If they had those players, I mean, I think they would be up there with like Boston that's 10 and 2 now. Yeah. Or something similar to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one, Drew. What is it? Rama Stalin will finish in the top three for Norris voting. I don't think so. I don't know. Like right now, like you have to remember the trophy voting is only on a year to year basis, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Darlene, we talked about Buffalo already. When you look at or when you watch him play, you know, it's it's very subtle things. It's not a lot of, you know, not it's not. It, he's a defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like he's not. It, he's not going to be you away. Highlight real it. goals all the time. Yeah. So, but like he he plays good defense. He seems pretty locked down to me. If you're, you know, if you're asking, like, I think he's someone. Once again, he's someone that they brought in. At a young age because of the draft. We talked about this like a while ago. Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid kind of screwed up everyone's perception on the draft. Connor McDavid came in. He was an automatic uh, starter. Like, yeah, he was an NHLer, you know. So same thing with Austin Matthews. Comes in first game he plays. Four goals. Gets four goals. So it's like I feel like people get that a little confused on – how like first overalls and like high picks are like actually like yeah because if you look at the year after Jack Hughes yeah no he's near. he's just now starting to come around but it just to me that's it's weird because now we expect first overall picks to be superstars every time. single year yeah so like this year this is a defenseman stat line by the way eleven games played seven goals eight assists for fifteen points. Plus ten, with forty four shots on goal, six power play points. Yeah, it's it's very impressive, no matter what what you try and slice it. Yeah, but over the course of the year, I don't think he's going to be able to keep that pace. No, but you have to remember he's a defenseman, mm-hmm. and most defensemen that do win the Norris, besides like 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 right now, like his biggest enemies is like Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, Hedman, Yossi, like the big boys, you know, that mm-hmm. put up points every day. But you had to think of the teams that they're on. Yeah. Those teams are supposed to put up points. Maybe not Nashville, you know, so much, but Yossi still... Yossi almost had 100 points last year as a defenseman. Like, no one's Which ever done that. Which is insane. Except for Bobby Hall. So it's just kind of one of those crazy things. Wait, do you... Bobby Hall? Do you mean Bobby Orr? Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Bobby Hall. He played for the Hawks. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He probably had 100 points, too, yeah. but not as a defenseman. <laughs> you know who, who was a defenseman? No longer is. You? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, also Keith Yandel, who got passed up by Phil Kessel for yeah. the Iron Man. So Phil had that title for a couple months. And, uh, yeah, Phil Kessel, new Iron Man, and he's actually approaching 1,000 games played in a row. The crazy, that, like, that's That's crazy. insane. He's been on this streak since 2004. Just goes to show you, you can eat only hot dogs and still be a fantastic isn't that, NHL isn't player. Isn't that fucking nuts, though? Like, <laughs> it, it, the Coke, guy Coke who, and hot dogs. Yeah, the guy who looks most unphysically fit in the league, well, maybe not this year because he's kind of slimmed down, but like yeah. in recent years, 
Like those Toronto days. Like, right, like, like he looks like he's got the gut on him and yeah, everything. Iron really. Man. But I think it goes off of his style of play. Like, he doesn't hit a lot of people. Like, his hits are very low. Not a lot of body contact for Phil there. He actually scored a goal on the game tying uh, game, and it got disallowed. <laughs> and then he scored the next day on the game, you know, yeah. the new record setting. He's game. like, fuck it, I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah, the thing that honestly blows my mind more than how long he's played in a row is that he's about to hit a thousand games where, like, most players don't, don't even really make play it. a thousand games. And he's about I to do a thousand in a row. That's, that's so insane to me. Well, Phil Kessel's new team... Uh, they have a new helmet sponsor. You know, Phil moved from Arizona to Vegas. What a lifestyle change. <laughs> Huge lifestyle change. It's <laughs> and, from uh, point to party every night. Yeah. So uh, they got a new uh, helmet sponsor as long as they got to play in their new rink. But now we're talking about Arizona, to be clear. Yeah. The But the helmet sponsor, you know, some jokes, you know, they can just write themselves they, nowadays. Oh the, the Arizona Coyotes helmet sponsor is the charity company Goodwill. Now that's rest in peace. I don't know. Like, there's really nothing. If this if, if this if this isn't like you can't get any worse, yeah, that's what this moment is right here, dude. The funny it part can't is, possibly get worse, and it got worse. The funny part is, is that Goodwill is like known as like a charity company, and everyone that comments is like, "How is Goodwill sponsoring, <laughs> sponsoring their helmets?" Or it brings up the the concern, or I guess comment. Of how much is their helmet sponsor? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is it like three bucks? Yeah, so it's like just interesting. And another interesting thing is that they play inside of a rink called Mullet Arena. Oh, One thing God. I did like though in their home opener, they everyone gave everyone mullets. gave a headband with like a mullet hanging out the back. That was sick. and then they won. Yeah, they actually won on like if like points wise on their home streak, they actually came out with a decent record. Yeah. And they beat the Capitals last night with the Screaming Eagle. Oh god. Well, Those jerseys look goalie, so good. Goalie pads were amazing for both goalies for Washington. <sighs> so good. Speaking of new jerseys and new pads and new you know everything because of a specialty game, the NHL released the winter classic logos for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins. So the Boston Bruins is that weird looking bear thing that's like looking sideways, and then Pittsburgh is like a P. A P. But I think it's supposed to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, I was gonna say like it reminds me a lot of the yeah, Pirates. Yeah, so I think that's what they're kind of going after. So still waiting on the jerseys. I think both of these jerseys, just off the logo they're using, I think are gonna be good jerseys. I just I think they they can do a lot with that. Well, there have there ever been any like really bad Winter Classic jerseys? Well, it depends on what you like. Like, I think the Winter Classic jerseys when the away team wears cream is way better because it makes it look like a sweater and it makes it feel more outdoors. Mm-hmm. But, like, some people, you know, have their thoughts on certain things. Like, I remember the Rangers had one a couple years ago when they played at City Field, I'm pretty sure. People didn't really like that one. People didn't like the Minnesota one from last year for whatever reason. Which I can understand just, why people wouldn't like that one. But, but, like, it's supposed to be... yeah. You know, like the reason I like the Minnesota one is I talked about it on this podcast before. Is it looked like a high school jersey, and it was indicative of the kind because of, of how much high school hockey they have around there. So I kind of liked it in that. But then people who don't know that, I can understand why. Like, oh, this this looks terrible. Looks like a high school jersey. jersey. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of a high school team, Ottawa's basically one <laughs> because they are on sale. The team is for sale. 
the owners that have kind of ruined the franchise are finally giving up on it. And it's honestly, in my opinion, a good thing yeah. that this is happening. Now, the only rule to whoever buys it is that the team must stay in Hot Rod. Now, the, the one thing I have seen floating around, and this is just rumors, and I don't know how much about it, but I've, I've heard I talks know what you're gonna say. of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Deadpool's going to own the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that one, that would be like, okay, what, what he already has a soccer club somewhere in England, yeah. I think. He's obviously Deadpool. He's got a phone company. Well, let's just add hockey to him. Really Why not? I don't give a shit who buys it as long as they treat the team better, as long as it's not Stan Kroenke. Oh, fuck Stan Kroenke. <laughs> All right, another guy that Drew probably dislikes, other than Stan Kroenke. The Bruins have signed Mitchell Miller. We talked about this fool before. Man, fuck Mitchell Miller. He signed a three-year ELC for the Bruins uh, automatically. Yeah, the whoever signed him, either the general manager or president or whatever. Uh, didn't go through the league to see if it was okay. So the league's not happy with it. Players are not happy with it on the Boston Bruins and other teams. Mm. And fans, fans are, are definitely also not, not happy a fan of it. it. And it's just, it's a bad look. You know, like he actually did play, you know, since this whole incident went down uh, for other teams. And same backlash happened when that, you know, came through. But now that it's an NHL team, like this guy is now showing up to training camp. Yeah. Like next year. I mean, you could you could see in Boston's last game too that they played like this. This is something that's like a, a clear effect on them. That well, that's like, a big move. Like this, what this kid did is ridiculous. Something terrible. And I understand. I I do understand the NHL, and like Montreal drafted him. No, no, no. No, it was Arizona, Arizona drafted, drafted him. him. Like Arizona when Montreal did Logan Mayukes or whatever something. that dude's name was. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so like when Arizona drafted him, they he was already sketchy to begin with, and then they kind of took it back by dropping him right away or mm-hmm. you know, kicking him off. But I, I mean, I do like how the NHL allows him to kind of have a second chance. Like they put him in programs to get help and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like you really don't know if that helps until I guess until something happened. Yeah, you know, like from like a. A perspective of everyone outside of you yeah, know there's always the court of public him. opinion and yeah. that's always the hardest battle and like this win. is gonna be a hard one to yeah to break because like, of what he did and how the public perceives that nowadays and some of the things that you know from the the victim that you know is still going on yeah so it just doesn't really make sense i understand he might be a good hockey player never watch him because i don't care about him mm-hmm. but it, it just doesn't really Makes sense because now you're going to have people. Well, I was going to say Patrice Bergeron, but he signed a one year deal. He might be back, but like now he's already he, talked about it. Yeah, too. you're going to have like Brad Marchand and like other play like Pasternak and McAvoy on the Boston Bruins that have to play with this kid. And they maybe maybe not in the season, but like in the preseason and like training camp and stuff like that. Like he's going to be around, and like you know he's going to be the most hated person on the team because everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it might be deep enough to like affect the play of the team. I, I think so far. Cause like, like do you think Jake DeBrus wants to pass to that kid? Hell no. No, cause he doesn't want to get a goal, you know, but mm-hmm. he, he wants to win as a team. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone in the NHL wants to win. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. But well, Drew, 
I hate to break it to you, but the next uh, three teams we're talking about aren't doing a lot of winning. <laughs> oh. That uh, that's a good transition. Though, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets five game losing streak. I actually think it's six now because they lost last night. Yeah, <laughs> in the global it's, series, it's now six. Uh, yeah. So Columbus not off to a hot start. Johnny Goodrow not helping. Not helping. We literally talked about Johnny last episode, episode 59, about players like new faces and new places, or old yes. faces and new places, or something like that, we called it. But uh, yeah, he did not, like, he has helped. Like, he's, you know, been putting up numbers, but the wins are just not there. Now, I will say their schedule has kind of been difficult. They've kind of had a rougher, you know, schedule out there, but still, I mean, five game losing streak, kind of tough. Ottawa. We were hyping up Ottawa on their off-season moves and all that. Because they, they made look, really good off-season moves. The crazy thing is that they still look like a good team. They're just losing games. So and it's not like they're losing like a whole bunch. Of, like no, they're like, not. They're not getting like stomped. Yeah, they're not getting like three zero. It, it, it's they're really they're pretty close games. They're actually interesting games to watch. They're fun games to watch. They and just can't seem to get a, they just a good can't, bounce. Yeah, they just can't get that good bounce. They can't get that goal when it, you know, they really need to get one. Stuff like that. I mean, they it just seems like everything that they do is like like to get the win, you got to go 100%. It seems like they can only get to like 98, 99. They just can't get, like how Drew said, that final bounce, the one, you know. A little bit of puck luck. Yeah, puck luck, you know, just. One thing where a goalie's not thinking or a defenseman falls down or breaks his stick or, you know, just stuff like that, they're just not getting it. Another team that's just not getting it from defense, the St. Louis Blues. And now, see, that's, that's the funny thing I want to point out is because I feel like I feel like their defense has been trying, especially like Falk, if, you, if you've watched any of the games. Falk's been the best defenseman. Falk's been the best defenseman. I feel like, I mean, obviously, Krug's had some issues here well, and there. But. Yeah. I think... Well, first off, I mean, Krug and, or not Krug, my bad. Falk and Letty have been the two most consistent defenders. Yes. Bertuzzo and the Mikola line is maybe the worst deep pairing in the NHL of people that have been in the NHL for like a certain amount of games. That is, that's, might be. It's pretty rough. Now, the Krug Falk line, decent. Okay. You know, put up good numbers. Colm Preco and Nick Letty. Colm Preco's had some wonders. Right. In the last couple games, I just six game losing it. streak. I don't. I'm not blaming certain people, but he's always on the ice. But it seems like he's always on the ice. Yeah. And then what I don't understand, and this blow, this this actually kind of blows my mind. The goals that they let in are some are ridiculous stupidest. goals. It's either well, it's either like highlight real goals for the other team, or it's like how desperation save goalie time. You know, it's not like Bennington's out of position or Grice. You know, both are good goalies. I was a little curious about Grice because of teams that he's played from the past. You know, haven't gone so well. Yeah. Honestly, he's played like two or three games. Not looks good. Yeah, looks looks pretty good. Um, not to you know disappointed with that you know move. Would we like to have Huso back? Yes, I don't think. But we don't have the money. For, like no one has the money for that. Besides two, Detroit, two, well, two starting goalies like yeah. that at that level, you can't really have. Mm-hmm. And they honestly, Huso's kind of saved the day for Detroit because Nadelkovic isn't. He's having he's had a rough he's time. The bed right yeah, now. he's had a rough time ever since he's been moved to Detroit. But everyone on like the Blues Facebook pages, like groups and stuff like that, like not actually like the Blues Facebook page, like the comments are all about Bennington. It's like, dude, like what? Bennington's such a. They're like, how do we pay this guy so much money? It's like go back and watch the game. 
look at the goals they score. They're cross crease one timers and stuff like You're that. Not that, like, that like he nicks or like he'll like like he's touching them all. Yeah, he's but just you, not getting it. It's like we need defense to stop that pass from going mm-hmm. through. And it just seems like Blues. I'm not sure if you watched the Islander game, but yeah, literally one league. of their goals was from behind the net that they threw out in front, yeah. and it poked off of the very like slim yeah. part of Letty's toe. Yeah, and just right like, how the fuck is somebody supposed to stop that? Yeah, not not uh, getting puck luck here for the Blues, but it's like I don't know. It's just like Blues teams in the past, I think, have taken pride, and I think it's Armstrong who has kind of pushed this on the team. It seems like every Blues team is, like, very hard-nosed. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just seems like this year, like, I know we're missing Perron, but it just seems like this year we're just kind of not. That and the offense has not been there for St. Louis either. Yeah, I mean, well, like, well, like we're missing Bouchonet. Well, not now, but, yeah. like, we've been missing him. I, I think Perron was, su- was such a big such a part. B- and, like, right as we traded him, I knew that that was going to be a mm-hmm. problem. Because he's basically our power play, yeah. or he's he, if he's not our power play, he's a decoy the, on the power play, yeah. which is a good decoy. And the last then, thing I want to put in about the the St. Louis and the the whole situation there is uh, I've been seeing memes uh, back to not sure if you remember the Ovechkin controller disconnected meme. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that, but now with Jordan Cairo. Yeah. Well, the problem is they need Jordan Cairo to me, is a guy who needs somebody else on his line. He can't do a, a line by himself. Mm-hmm. He needs someone to pass to or be able to shoot the puck. He has a very dynamic shot, but if he's the only person on the line, then it seems like he kind of gets jammed up. Mm-hmm. So, like, here recently, they've been running Neighbors Thomas Cairo. That's a good line. That's a really good line. That's a really young line, though. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a little bit of their problem. And there's going to be mistakes because they're yeah. young. So it's like I I just think that that line that is the Blues' top line in two three years mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking because I think I think by that time O'Reilly is either gone or retired. Yeah, so he's only here for this year or next year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I don't know what the deal is with Tarasenko. Nobody knows what the deal is with Tarasenko. Well, it's, I don't know. It's once again, like it, it's this is literally how the Blues are set up. Shen O'Reilly Akshari, who was a free agent signing, that was a good signing. And then yeah, as a depth piece. Yeah, not, not as, as your first top line, line winger. Uh, second line is the Russian line of Bucci, Barbashev, and Tarasenko. Then you have the kid line. The, the Kyrie, only line Thomas, that's actually neighbors. done something, too. Yeah. And then you kind of have like the. I don't know what you want to put line. this. Like Tyler Picklick, I didn't like that signing. Logan Brown, local kid, but doesn't really do too much here or in Ottawa. And then Torp. Torpchenko, or however you say Torpchenko. his name. Yeah, so he's actually pretty good. He kind of reminds me of a taller, skinnier version of Barbashev. Yes. For, like, the future. So I do think we should keep him around. But you know what? We'll have to see what they bring for next week. We'll have to watch a couple games. I know their next one's against Boston, so that probably Who knows? Maybe the, the losing streak goes all the way to... Our next, uh, I hope not. I hope not either. I hope I hope all the losing streaks get broken. Yeah, we need some. Uh, we need some diversity. All right, the same people can't keep winning all the time. I don't know. It's boring when the same team yeah. wins all the time. Unless, of course, it's your team. Then you love it. Yeah, Tampa Bay. The, <laughs> so that will do it. Uh, on behalf of Drew and myself, we hope you guys enjoyed episode sixty of the Fanville Hockey Podcast, and we will see you guys next week. 
You've been listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. You can follow the show on Instagram at Fanville Podcast. If you'd like to rep the Ville, go to shopfanville.myspreadshop.com or hit the link in our Instagram bio.